You are listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the ProSoundWeb podcast network. Signal to Noise is supported by Audix. Check out their line of pro studio headphones at audixusa.com. Alan and Heath. Check out the AHM Matrix family, AHM64, AHM32, and AHM16. 96 kilohertz FPGA-powered sonic powerhouses for projects of all sizes. Signal to Noise would like to welcome new sponsor RCF, pro audio manufacturer of professional line array, subwoofer, and loudspeaker systems, as well as portable sound solutions and audio tools for your production studio. For over 70 years, RCF's passion for perfection drives the design of every product to create unique experiences for customers and audiences around the globe. Visit RCF at rcf-usa.com for the latest news and product information. RCF, the sound behind the experience. I wish I could break free Back to where I'm supposed to be Hi, welcome to the Signal to Noise podcast live on ProSound Web Network. Uh, we're coming to you um, <laughs> from my basement and everybody's basement. Michael's in a hotel, Sam's in a hotel, Chris is at home. I'm at home briefly. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, it's been a while since we've all been on it. Happy time. birthday, yeah. Kyle. Happy birthday, Kyle. Holy Happy cow. birthday. I got my AARP card in the mail. I got my AARP card in the mail. <laughs> It's and it came a few days early before the third of July. Remember that for next year, if you guys want to, you know, jump on my Amazon wish list and give me some gifts. I don't have an OnlyFans, so this is as close as I get. Uh, <laughs> but, but if you did, I would sign I up an, for it. Weird, yeah, definitely. definitely I mean, Sam and it. people would pay me. Sam, Michael, it. and I are kind of your OnlyFans. I mean, you send us like swole pics of you in the gym all the time. We're kind of that's like, true. We do get we a just, lot of we do get a lot of gym pics. From there's you. a lot of gym pics. I guess we just don't give you money, though. That's the difference. We have the yeah, or light fulfill my Amazon <laughs> wish list. We have oh, the light before version. We, before we get too far in, we should also say, obviously, we uh, as always. Big thank you to Alan and Heath and Audix for supporting us and being part of our family here. And we want to give a very warm welcome aboard to RCF, who's joined uh, on support of the show. Yay, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We've had uh, my friend Tarek from RCF on the show in the past. Um, good people, and, and uh, we're, we're very happy to have them. Uh, so, so welcome aboard, RCF. We, we can almost... We can almost pull off a show now. That's we true. Got we got all the yeah. and <laughs> we, can, and we can become a, a production company. We can't connect any of them. So <laughs> if there's any cable sponsors out there <laughs> who want to. Uh, jo- <laughs> or, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We don't have a catering company. Oh, man. Yet. Taco Bell. Michael's been working on that. I mean. Uh, yeah. look, Come on. We need a, we need a catering company. Just, uh, by the way, sorry for the background music. I'm in the lobby of a hotel here. And boy, they like loud music. And it's also very eclectic. So uh, you know. Works yeah, little well. tidbits here and there. Um, our guest this week, actually, Chris. You know what? Why don't you Why don't you intro our guest, man? You guys go way back. Well, yeah, way back, like five years, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, our guest is Troy Topinka. I know him from doing freelance work for me in the corporate sphere over the last, I don't know, five, six years or so. We met at a festival that I stage manage um, here in town annually, so that's cool. Uh, He also does rock and roll touring with bands like Eve Six, Cannons, 
Dead Posse, Judy Collins, and more. Welcome to the show, Joy Topinka. Yeah, hey, welcome. For having me. I I know him from being a great sharer on social media. Troy definitely puts his stuff out there for everyone to see, which is cool. So everyone should try to be more like Troy and put up pictures and items and things and and show us what you're doing because we know everybody's out there working right now and work pictures are fun uh, to look through. So thank you for being a contributor. And uh, go easy with the age stuff because I think I got a year on you, Kyle. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. I get it. Sorry, my beer I'm, I'm overflowed. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Troy and I actually ran into each other at uh, Outside Lands last, uh, was it October, Troy? Was it, it, was, it, was, it was Halloween. Yeah, that's right. It was Halloween. And you were there with Halloween. Cannons. And I had not heard Cannons before. And boy, I thought that was a pretty cool show, man. It was considering that, if you remember correctly, I ran up to you going, uh, I lost my file, my stick file. The only thing I had was labels on a console. <laughs> so I had to be like, I, I do remember that. Yeah. Thankfully, like, I, I named stuff. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, I kind of remember what I had done because I had just started with them. I only, it was like maybe the third or fourth festival I did with them for the summer. Um, yeah. I, I thought, I mean, well, it, it didn't sound like a throwing to me. And it had a very nice, uh, so for people who aren't familiar, it's sort of like a female led kind of electro poppy kind of thing and i thought it was really cool and i thought it sounded nice and polished and, and punchy and i thought you did a great job with it thank you appreciate that that's that's one thing that we need to address more often is the spin it to win it you know um coming in with a file is great but sometimes it is what it is and being able to get around fast enough to get it going like what what's what's the typical time what, what kind of time frame do you give yourself when you have to spin it to win it for me I mean, considering that the board was labeled and I kind of remembered what I had going, I'd say, you know, two songs, it should be pretty much there without some fine tuning. Um, you know, if you're starting from scratch, scratch, then it's going to take a little longer. You know? Well, I think about the Ryan O'John's, there it is. We were barely started and we already dropped his name. The, uh, his mix 45 thing where you start from a broken, a broken, you start from a factory, a factory default console and zeroed out and you've got 45 minutes to turn in a finished mix. And so it really forces you to, you know, it sounds like a lot of time, but you spend 12 minutes labeling your, <laughs> your, your inputs and your outputs yeah. and, you know, setting your buses. So I, I pretty routinely will just grab some random multi-tracks and throw them through a console. And it's not about um, practicing mixing necessarily as much as it is just being comfortable with the console and, and learning how to get to things quickly and, and keeping it up on consoles that, that I, you know, it's been a while since I mixed on a, like, you know, my pro one. So we had the pro one out the other day and just put some tracks through it and just, Oh yeah, that's just get kind of go through the motions, kind of knock the dust off. Right. Just get right. it under your fingers. Well, considering that there was a you know standard profile back house, it's like, you know, if you don't know that by now, then you should, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> now they're carrying their own console, but, uh, you know, they, they were just getting started out. Like that. Were they carrying? Uh, it's okay. Funny story. It, their first headlining tour was six and a half weeks. Um, and I rented an M32 with a Midas, you know, pro box. And by that time, after that, I had them dialed in. So I was like, why don't we just buy the little guy? So we got the M32R, uh, loaded the file in. And I had a friend of mine build a console, uh, not a console, build a case that you can fly with. That's undersized, overweight. And now we go to those festivals where it's just line check. And it's like, I'm not worried about it. 
And at the end, very cool. We did one of the festivals we just did because we just finished a run. Uh, it was in a massive shed. I, I don't remember where it was. A big K1 rig. And I throw down the M32R, and accompanying me around me is two SD10s, uh, PM10, uh, you know, standard profile for a house console. And everybody just got like an eyebrow up at me, you know. Uh, but by the time they went on, I had the two house guys standing behind me going, hmm, okay. <laughs> 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 and uh, when they were over, I threw it in the flight case and we got the hell out of there, you know. Yeah, did I? I think I may have told the story before, but you know, we were at Coachella with all manner of expensive large consoles, and this guy shows up with an S- SQ5, slaps it down on an empty lighting case, plugs in one cable, mixes one of the best sounding shows I heard all weekend, puts it back in the case and leaves. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> was, all the SEs were laughing, man. It was just like, yeah, that's, that's where it's at, man. The really funny part is that one of the guys, I don't remember what band he was working for, but one of the guys with the SD10, after I got done mixing the show, he walks up to me and he goes, do you fly with that? And I was like, yeah, I fly with that. He goes, man, I've been looking for something to fly with. I'm tired of all this heavy gear and artillery. <laughs> yeah. I was like, cool. I saw the, so shout out to our man, Leo, uh, Leo Pisak with, with Van Lawrence, kind of a signal to noise favorite. Um, I got to pick up his uh, C1500 Ti, the titanium one. That's what the band owns. And boy, that thing is light. It feels like a toy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like 14 pounds. Just this crazy light. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, Troy, I was looking at some of the stuff that you sent over. Um, you were not doing pro audio until like your mid thirties. Um, yeah. I want to talk about that. Like kind of what was your path into like, what made you say like, I'm going to do sound. Like how did that, how did that go for you? Uh, my father was a jazz guitarist his whole life. He played with some of the, some of the bigs. Uh, and he had a studio teaching studio. And then he had this little project studio on the side. So I had gotten tired with doing what I was doing and he showed me some things that he knew because he was a little into sound in this project studio. And I kind of took it there and and ran with it and went from there. And to me, this field is more of uh, challenging. There's always something to learn. Um, And I I just took it from there and just kept building on it. You've been pretty relentless since then, looking at, you know, a 10-year history of you just kind of going through things. Um, you've, you've done a little bit of everything. Pretty much. Uh, I've even done some theater, which I didn't, it wasn't on the sheet I sent you guys, but it was short. It's not my favorite. Go ahead. Sorry, guys. No, go ahead. no, I was going to say, I mean, it's, you know, like I said in the beginning, you, I mean, I knew you kind of from doing corporate things and primarily, um, what's it like to bounce back and forth mentally between, you know, a lot of corporate and a lot of rock and roll and, or being a house, you know, at Stone Pony and stuff like that. What's, what's that like kind of bouncing back and forth? Um, also, and then maybe, you know, we could maybe talk about a little bit like income difference between the two because they both pay drastically different as well. Right. Uh, well, Let's let's start here. When I left the studio, I didn't leave the studio on my own accord. I left the studios because it was a project studio. It was back in the day when all of a sudden all the computers were coming out. People could do their own demos and that kind of thing. And the clientele just started dropping, 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 and dropping. And I needed to make a living. So I was like, what pays the most? <laughs> so I went for corporate. And after establishing that, that corporate thing, then I got out and did what I wanted to do. 
but yeah, I still bounce back and forth from corporate to rock and roll to filling in at a festival for a production company. It is a mental weirdness to put it lightly. Um, corporate. I mean, I strictly do for the money. Honestly, I just, I always say corporate pays the mortgage, rock and roll buys the groceries. <laughs> um, and it is, I do like having the change though. Cause I get bored really easily. So having that mental switch or mental change, it keeps my brain active. Keeps yeah. me thinking, uh, how do I approach this? How do I approach that uh, differently? I'm glad you said that, man. I was actually just thinking about that this afternoon. Like I do such a cocktail of different jobs and I realized that if I did any one of them full time, I wouldn't be happy. Um, so it's, right. it's, it's, I think it perhaps bears mentioning that that is a legitimate thing. Like you don't have to just do one thing. If you, you know, if your passion lies in multiple areas, there's nothing wrong with it. If you can, you know, especially as a freelancer, multiple income streams, that's the name of the game. Right. So, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, if I did, you know, any one of my, my various jobs full time, I don't think I would be as, as happy, you know, or as content in my life or whatever. So I think, I think that's maybe something they didn't mention at career day in high school. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's, 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 that's the reality for me. And I like that. It's, it's, um, I will say though, that just since everybody jumped out in March on tour, like full out, like, you know, it's been crazy. Um, my first real full back into it was 85 days or 87 days of back-to-back -back tours. And I kind of feel like I could almost live on a bus <laughs> almost, you know, come home, see the wife, the dogs, and then go back out again, which I have been doing. I've only last four and a half months. I've only been home for like two and a half weeks. Is um, that, I mean, for me, you know, I'm about to go back out for four weeks, something short, you know? And for me, it's like a thing you do and then you come home and then you go back to what you were doing before. But I know a lot of people who they think their home is, like you said, their home is the bus for them. Uh, you know, shout out to H, our, our crew chief on, on Volby Ghost. You know, he was like, look, man, I can't sit at a desk in a shop. He's like, I, I have to be out here. I have to do this. It's like, it's in his blood. So is yeah. that kind of where your passion lies? Like, I do, is that what gets you excited? I don't know. Like I said, we're, we're just back into it. So, I mean, I could, you could talk to me in a year and I could have a totally different story, you know? <laughs> um, sure. But I, I have the same, I like as freelancer, totally. I've never worked for a production company. So as a total freelancer, I have to do my own paperwork. I have to do my own billing. I do installs too. I'm constantly researching. I don't like that. I hate it. I drag my feet doing it. I get it done. Um, but there's still like, you know, I've been home for three days now. I'm still dragging my feet on some stuff I need to get done. I'd rather be out putting on shows. At least that's the way I feel right now. Yeah. And, and I also think it bears mentioning that, you know, that might change too. And that's okay. You know, like a lot of people right. decide they want to do this thing. And then two years later, like they realize that they don't actually want to do that thing anymore. And like, that's okay. That's totally fine. You know, I like before the pandemic hit. I didn't realize it until after I was out of work, but I was burnt out. I was burnt out just constantly working and, and going from this gig to that gig to the next gig to the next gig. And when the pandemic hit and I had to get another job or you know support myself, I was like, I had a big breath. I was like, wow, I kind of needed this, <laughs> you know, 
But then four or five months later, I was like, uh, I want to go back to work now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's something that we've talked about, I think, before on the show. And I think something that next time, Kyle, next time we have the uh, the clinic, uh, Courtney and, and Paul on, that's something that I'd like to talk about is this idea of a lot of us feel like if we're idle, like it just tears us up because we're so used to just the production schedule and then what's the next gig and, and just the grinding. A lot of people don't know how to like, be home and relax and 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 a lot of people are taking that differently now now that we were home over COVID a lot and we got to experience what we are valued at at this level at home picking and choosing is part of the battle as well you know and you know that that's something that's bear witness to i i'm guilty of it like it's it's different you want to get moving and then you don't and you want to be home for certain things and you feel like you're missing out on certain things. So yeah, it's odd. It's odd playing the jump back and forth game. At least you could do that now. Couldn't do that. Well, here's a question, Kyle. I mean, you're, you're, you were back out doing touring work and it's been a long time since you had done that previously. Did it feel, was it a different mindset for you this time around? Like the pacing of it or were you still just like, yeah, this is kind of like riding a bike and I still, love this and how was that um motivation was high um because i think augusta was built up from being off for so long so my ethic and my motivation was bar none i was up before everybody i was bed you know when i needed to go to bed i was a lot more cognizant of where i needed to be what time i needed to be there and what workload i needed to pull and um that was me preparing for this mentally you know um like i said i took covid pretty serious when it came to physical activity like i didn't get fat i got i got big and i got yeah, we got all the gym selfies man <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and i tell you what it made a ton of difference in my motivation and my outlook and i remember a bunch of days sitting at home going churnside get it together like go don't sit here just go get it going and when i did those first few weeks um out on the road i felt it and i was like man i can do this but like i said the thing that was in the back of my head was oh i was sitting at home for so long and i got comfortable you know doing things around there to get it done now i'm getting pictures of soccer games i'm not at you know and now um people aren't answering my phone calls because they're out of town or they're on a flight or um, they're in bed, you know, cause I worked throughout the day. It, 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 it's a, it's definitely a struggle. It's weird. And going back and forth between corporate and rock and roll, I'm sure is the same thing at this point. Like we see a lot of our friends out there going from corporate to corporate, like just they're trying to fit all this stuff in right now. Um, Chris, you can speak on that. Like it, it's not, it's nonstop. Yeah, for sure. Definitely nonstop. It's, I think the, the bubble's going to burst at some point, um, but it's nonstop. I'm, I'm curious, Troy, going, going back and forth between either different house acts, corporate to rock and roll. Um, how hard is that jumping from you work for a bunch of different companies, uh, different packaging, different labeling, uh, different gear? How hard is that to maintain that from all those different all those different sides? 
It's super hard, I think. But I I think that, and and you could probably attest to this, the companies are more forgiving of the freelancers who don't constantly deal with that. Um, but it is it is hard because you're always working with a different speaker or a different labeling system or or whatever it may be, or the way they even truck the gear is different. Man, um, drive racks, holy shit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got flown into a festival day of show recently, and on aside from all the other prep that I wasn't a part of, like literally figuring out how does this particular company set up their ramps and their drive racks and their network, and what do I need to do to talk to your gear? Yeah. Um, that can be non-trivial <laughs> you know that no. that can be a project in itself and then you're like okay now i can actually talk to your processors now let's get to work right you have to be super light on your feet and pick it up really quick especially like for a couple of uh, big rock and roll production companies i work for they have their own way of doing things their own way of connecting things their own multi-pin connectors you know all that i mean even going from band to band is a head trip like I said, I did that 87-day tour with Canons and then went from Canons to Eve, two totally different worlds. Yeah, Eve, who is this legacy band that's been around forever. They're all on wedges. You know, they're, they're a three-piece band. The two guys in the front, I got three wedges around each of them with two different mixes going on. I got a, a drummer in the back who's got his wedge going and he's slamming drummer. I mean, the freaking monitors are almost as loud as the freaking PA, right? <laughs> and then you go to Canons, who is everybody's on ears, everybody's direct. The only noise coming off the stage is the drums, which is in plexiglass. So you're almost mixing a record. So you're going from a rock, full out rock and roll band in your face to almost this electronic dance, you know, vibey kind of music that you're, you're really putting everything in its place. So even that's just a head trip in itself. Can we go back? Did you say three wedges run each with two mixes each for each person? Yes. Okay. Well, I would, let's go to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so um, obviously they've been doing it since the late 90s, right? So Oh, is it uh, vocal and then the rest of the band? Is, is that the two mixes? Or? They, they have... So usually I fold back and do the monitors for them. It's just easier because I know what they want. I've been doing it for for so long. I know what they want to hear. So it's they spread around eight channels for monitors that I fold back. So I do one wedge in the middle that is all the instrumentation they want to hear, and then the two on the outside, which is just vocals. And I can fit you know fit it right into their ears. And that's that's kind of the only way it cuts because the instrumentation they want up front is so freaking loud. Is it? I mean, this is kind of a cool one for me. And I was just talking to Jason Moore, who I believe did some work with Eve Six before he moved to Train back in the day. Um, I know mm -hmm. that he still keeps in touch with them. Mm -hmm. These are bands that I grew up on. Uh, I mean, Troy, you and I are. I'm not quite this, you know, you, you Kyra, a couple years older than me, but I mean, this is, I, this stuff is on the radio when I was very young and, and there's a pretty strong nostalgia factor for me on this stuff. I mean, is that there for you? Are you, were you kind of, was that part of your youth, these songs? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, I was more of a metalhead <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I mean, I listen to all kinds of music, but if, you know, 80% of the time I'm going to put on some heavy rock. Um, honestly, when I started working for them, and I hope they never listen to this, I only knew the one song. <laughs> Everybody knows the one, though. <laughs> the, the one song. The Blender song, yeah. Yeah, that was the one song. 
uh, the rest of them had to learn. <laughs> He's uh, your lead singer is known for getting on Twitter and just and just, oh, just yeah. roasting people. Man, I was reading articles about this. So funny. <laughs> well, the whole last tour, we had people coming to the show that were just Twitter fans. That's awesome, and That's wanted to meet them. That is what good. kind of uh, what kind of demographic are they playing to these days? It's usually like uh, you know late thirties. Uh, pretty much yeah, their age, their late expect. 30s, early 40s kind of thing. Um, you still get some of the kids who have, you know, their parents showed them the music and and they heard it and the kids like They make them go to the yeah. show. I was bummed, yeah. man. You were you were kind enough to invite me out to a show. I unfortunately couldn't make it work schedule-wise, but I was bummed because I would love to see them. I, w- I would absolutely find that to be so much fun. Well, after all the, like, was... uh, the the, uh, the new, uh, the, the sound, um uh, you know, uh, how do I put it? All the investigation you've been doing to, into SPL and and uh, volume and that kind of thing, you probably wouldn't have wanted to come. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because, I mean, there's, you know, you work for the band, you do what the band wants, they like it loud. I mean, it's, you know, they get disappointed if, if you walk into a house and, and they and they put a speed limit on you, you know. I had the, the vendor, SE, said to me today after we did our sound check, he goes, this is probably the first show I've ever been to where it like sounded good without earplugs in. I was like, thanks, man. I go, that's kind of my thing. I appreciate that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why the the, uh, the outside lands, when you gave me a speed limit and I was working with cannons, I'm like, no problem. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, they don't, thing, they, that, they don't they need really a lot of volume. Sounded great, man. They sounded, it was like super full and, and, and it had impact. And that, I thought it was, uh, you did a great job with it. Thank you. Did you tune that rig? I did not, uh, but you know who uh, Bob McCarthy designed it and Tommy Lyon tuned it, so you're in very good hands. It sounded it wow. sounded great. I, I think I've been commenting to you. I'm like, this rig sounds great. I mean, I was yeah. bouncing yeah. way under your limit, and it still sounded great. I'm like, who needs more than this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, Meyer does all the designs for that stage, and they do a fantastic job with it. Um, yeah, Bob was at, Bob was out there during loading day. Uh, he was doing the tuning with Tommy and, and we were bouncing around setting up video screens and stuff. So I missed, I missed the fun. I, I didn't get to watch Bob do his thing, but yeah, they've uh, yeah. Uh, also, you know what else they have Bob works on. There's another tent at the same festival. It's like the dance tent. Um, okay. Jamie and I call it the sweat kingdom. Cause it's just a bunch of sweaty people just in a tent, yeah. just, you know, it's just <laughs> super gross. And I uh, actually, maybe we can speak about this with Bob when we have him. Bob, Bob McCarthy's gonna be on the show coming up. Y'all pretty excited. Yep. Um, cool. He was oh, wow. doing this whole crazy, thing to try to cancel the energy coming off the back of the PA with other speakers that were hung pointing the other direction and like band passed and uh, had them on the back of the truss just to kind of contain the dance into the, into the tent of sweat. So um, yeah, there's, there's um, some pretty cool stuff going on and it's really neat to see somebody who's pioneered and innovated so much, you know, and been doing it for so long, like still do stuff that's cutting edge, man. It's really cool to see. Very cool. Kyle, why are you smiling like What's up, buddy? <laughs> I was just thinking, it, it he's like bringing me back because I've done a bunch of Eve Six shows and the, the singer dude is a comedian and he keeps the crowd engaged. Like I've seen him on Fremont Street in in Vegas and I was like, holy shit, dude, these guys are still great. And I think I saw him, who else played? It was like Presidents of the United States of America oh, who you're like, oh my God, like all these bands were amazing. Um, it, 
it, it's kind of cool to to think about that. Like uh, Third Eye Blind just played here for Fair St. Louis. I didn't get to go down and see them, but like people are still raving about those. And and as much as I say, like parents dragging their kids to see those shows, those are classic shows, man. They're really cool. They're they're fun. They're energetic, and they really still have to put on a good show. Um, there there's so many things like that are out right now that. I wouldn't waste my time. Like there was one at Bush stadium the other night and, uh, I kind of skipped that one. I could have went down and said hello. And, um, what was it? The poison Motley Crue, Joan Jett, uh, fiasco. Oh yeah. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. It's like a bunch of, yeah. It's a, a bunch of big names on there. Go ahead and TikTok Motley Crue. Oh, you see a set of videos to the group text. Yeah, that's pretty that's funny. That's awful. Uh, oh my you know what's Lord. the interesting thing to me though is like a, it, in 2022, there, there's a uh, book, book about called The Song Machine by John Seabrook, and he talks a little about this. Pop music is now meant to be disposable because you know iTunes, Spotify. You want a single? It's a single. People are gonna be obsessed with the single. You want them to spend the one dollar on iTunes, and then then you want them to forget it, and then buy the next single, next one. And it didn't. I mean, Kyle, you talk about albums all the time. That was a totally different thing like this collection of songs together was enduring and it was an album and it had like a flow and and so to me a lot of that late 90s early 2000s stuff like like the eve six stuff like the train stuff those were just solid songs like there's some in something enduring about that that a lot of music that's being written now is is doesn't have and isn't designed to have but the pop music of you know 2004 was very different than the pop music of 2022 and i i love that stuff Going back to what you said, Kyle, about uh, his name's Max. Max is the lead singer for Eve. He is extremely entertaining, and he's extremely, not extremely, but he is eccentric a little bit. But he has his own language that he taught to the band. And nobody could, you can't understand what they're saying, (laughs) but they will stand on stage, him and John, the guitar player, and have complete conversations in the middle of the show between songs, talking in this weird language. And everybody's just looking around like, what's going on? <laughs> and then they'll go back <laughs> to the show. That's, I saw They Might Be Giants a couple of years ago. And they did basically, they just stopped in the middle of the show and did a puppet show. Um, <laughs> because I, but it really felt like they weren't doing it to try to entertain the audience at all. It was just like they thought it was funny, so they were going to do it kind of thing. And it was yeah. just like, yeah, man, that's cool. It's your show. Do what you want. That's the way they are. They actually, they just put out, uh, during the pandemic, they put out a little EP. And it was total punk music i mean just like throwback to punk i think they're doing another one too and they're at the point in their career where they're they're still doing shows they're still making money and they're just doing whatever the hell they want and they do that on stage too it's it's the weirdest thing to just see these guys just do whatever the hell they want (laughs) (laughs) do do they embrace the fact that they're really only known for inside out the heart and a blunder song like i mean do they do they get annoyed with that fact i mean like it's not at all they thank everybody every night for it but it's it's that's still not the other the the other uh song they're known for is here's to the night which back in the day was like everybody's graduation song Hmm, okay there are a few songs that that are like we're up there on the charts but that one, when they get to it, they thank that, everybody that every night. That one was huge. For yeah, coming that a, out. That was a monster song. Um, it, you've been with them for long enough now. Is there any conversation at all about their sound or how this, or is it just you're just doing it and you know they're not listening to the board tapes by this point, right? No, they. Um, Max is really the. I mean, Max and and uh, John, the guitar player, are the two original members. 
they're only three P's. So there's a, there are two original members. Um, there's no conversation. The only conversation we had is when I went from doing the Cannons tour to doing their tour, because it took me a second to adjust my brain. And they're like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> That's interesting. Like, give me a show. Just give me a show. I'll get there, you know, but no, they just like it loud, full, melt your face i mean that's their attitude and whatever happens goes i mean it's fun working with vets because whenever anything weird happens they're just like whatever and they keep going there's no meltdowns there's no yeah the show must go on mentality yeah i mean we did a a 90s radio show one of the shocking third yeah shocking (laughs) (laughs) probably the third gig i did with them it was in a shed in st louis um and the shocking that's shocking (laughs) (laughs) i was exhausted and i had already made one mistake on soundcheck and then during the show all of a sudden this massive feedback starts happening and i'm like looking around for what it is and i see the bass mic just screaming so i turn it down and i I muted what it was. And the house guy walks up to me and he's like, are you going to fix that? I'm like, dude, I think it's the bass amp and the bass amp. He's got, he's uh, got the standard SVT with the, you know, eight, 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's just screaming off stage. And finally the guitar tech runs up and gets it under control and nobody's freaking out. You know, Max just Max, the lead singer, is a bass player. Just walks over and he just waits for everybody to fix it. And it's like, so now they get the backup bass head out. The backup bass head doesn't work. So now, like, oh, no. five, seven minutes have gone by. He's just standing on stage. He's like smoking his cigar. You don't care. <laughs> so we had to go to another head from a you know the next band, and finally got it working to finish the set. But there was like no freakouts. It's just like, okay, this has happened before. We'll fix it and get moving, you know? <laughs> like, that's what's great about working with vets. Man, wow, that's actually it is. such a timely comment, too, because there was some discussion in our Discord this week, too, about this. Like, for, for earlier career people, I think that is the one aspect that you really can't prepare yourself for, like being cool under fire when something goes wrong. Like, that first time, it's fucking scary, you know? And, and, um, the kind of walk, don't run mentality. Like it's okay. Like, I mean, literally there was a, uh, <laughs> there was an issue halfway through the Volbeat run where half of the PA shut off. And we found out later right. be literally because uh, one of the locals literally unplugged the power. Uh, but, but Denny, just yeah, that's never happened just, before. Yeah. He just, <laughs> he just turns around and goes, PA's out. And then he turns back and keeps mixing, you know, and it's just like, there are a lot of people who would not be that chill about it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll go, uh, go see what's going on with it. You know? <laughs> that was it. But, but a lot of people go into emergency mode immediately and all of a sudden your, your rationality is gone. And so you're not making right. good decisions and you're not troubleshooting clearly. And so just, I think, you know, it's the difference between the fire drill and the fire, right? Well, that's the difference between working with Eve and the cannons. Cause the cannons was literally their first headlining tour. So now I have, and I'm, I'm doing the double hat of front of house and tour manager. And so now I'm on a bus for six and a half weeks with a green band and a green driver. Cause we all know drivers were, are still at, hard at to premium. find. Yep. So my driver was an ex truck driver and it was, it was a lot of growing pains in six and a half weeks. 
there's just a, like a ton of growing pains right from the fact that you know you have a green bus driver who accidentally left the ignition on and killed the battery uh-huh and now we're stuck in dc for a day or there's a downpour in atlanta and he got the bus stuck in a trough oh that's a fun one for four hours blocking traffic while i'm still trying to put on a show because i'm wearing two hats <laughs> right and then you have uh you know i have a merch girl who's never done merch which happens to be the you know lead singer's sister um Shocking. yeah <laughs> and i have a me uh social media uh videographer who is now the females, uh, the front singer's husband, well, at the time was, you know, they were engaged. So I have a family on board. I got a green band. I got a green driver. It's a fun six and a half weeks. <laughs> Which I always said I never wanted to work with the newer bands just for that reason. Um, I always yeah, worked with the best. You can train them, Troy. You can, you can, you can pattern <laughs> them, as we say. <laughs> you, you can. That's the fun part. And these guys are doing really good. So I'm excited to actually be working when they're really a bunch of nice guys at the end of the day and they're good people to be in it, you know, going down the highway in a tin can with. So, you know what? And this is maybe a bigger conversation that we don't have the time or inclination to get into right now, but I was thinking a lot about this recently, this idea of integrity and building good professional habits. And so in a way I like to do shows with, with greener people or earlier career people who are smart, they're enthusiastic, they're motivated. They just haven't done it a thousand times. And so it's like, this is a good opportunity to instill some good, you know, integrity, some good best practices. And like, let's harness your natural abilities and your drive and let's make you a solid professional. And when you go forward and do your second gig and your third gig and your fourth gig, you're going to be doing it with good habits. You know what I mean? So it kind right. of lets you, kickstart but some people those people have to be worth it though and at least in my opinion for like sure those the first last summer when i did those three or f i only did like three or four you know maybe five large festivals with them they weren't really touring yet if i had thought that these people were going to be a pain in my ass or jerks or you know whatever i wouldn't have stepped onto that six and a half week tour because i knew it was going to be a lot of growing pains and a lot of teaching and a lot of you should be here and why are you loading gear we have loaders get away from me you know, kind <laughs> of thing you know don't smash your fingers you have to play the guitars so <laughs> if they weren't if, if if they weren't worth the time or you know i didn't feel that they were they were going to be we were going to mix then I, I probably wouldn't have done it well did yeah they, I, did I, they, I, I oh go ahead chris i'm sorry no, so what, did they did they notice that that you were or appreciate that you were willing to kind of take them under and 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 teach them and guide them? Were they receptive to to what you were trying to to show them at all? Uh, I'm gonna say yes, only because I don't like to wear the TM hat. I mean, I do it, and let's put it this way: I don't like to do, wear the TM hat to people that don't listen because I have done that. You know, you tell them this is, you know, this is lobby call and we're leaving at this time. And they go, oh, this is far away. I don't think we have to leave here. You know, <laughs> we're going to leave this time. So I don't like that. But these, they were definitely listened to what I had to say, what, you know, what we had to do, when we had to do it. So for that, I'll definitely do that every time for them. That's cool. You know, people who definitely had that too. People who want, the knowledge and want to be helped, I'll always help. 
People are going to be difficult and a pain in my butt. I don't have time for you. <laughs> There's a line in uh, the movie Fight Club that I always, I always quote. Is, you decide your own level of involvement. Like If you care a yeah. little bit, I'll, I'll care a little. If, you, if you're like, this is my shit, this is what I want to do, then I will you know, pull everything I have to help you. So it's, it's, you just have to show me exactly. that you're serious about it. You know? Exactly. That's then. That's the way I feel, honestly. The double hat thing is all about preparation. All about preparation. I, yeah. <laughs> I think the more you can get done before anything starts, the better. I mean, there are some things that you overdo that you know you can't get too far into, like uh, you know where your dressing room is going to be or what time you're going to leave exactly, or there are variables, but making time to mix when you're doing PM or TM or, or even SE in your own rig, like you, you need to prepare extensively. Um, how, how do you do that? Do you use a uh, master tour and, and make everyone jump on it? Or are you old school and go by emails or notes or whatever? No, I, I think master tour is probably the best thing that was ever done for the touring industry. Honestly, in my opinion, um, I, you know, we do all the emails like you do back and forth. Well, first I write, I write a prep sheet, not a prep sheet, but a, uh, just a sheet of, this is what we got. This is what you need to know. This is what I need to know. And I send that email out and then like, back and forth until I get everything I need to know. And then I put all the cliff notes into master tour. So I know, you know where the where the parking spot well what the address is where the parking spot is what time we have to be there what's the green room got does it have showers do we have a runner do we have loaders um what else you know all, all the little notes like that and then this way i just look at master tour it's in the notes and i just look for the next day how far do we have to go what's the venue got and what time do we have to be there Travel agents are key. Rock and roll travel agents. Are key. <laughs> I, I I think we haven't really mentioned that on podcasts as well, but uh, rock and roll travel agents can save the day, especially if you have a lot of flights, a lot of pieces of gear you're touring with. Um, hotels, most of them will get you your hotels and book them, and then you pay a fee on the flights or or vice versa. Like travel agents are the key to moving people logistically. Um, for a TM or a PM, if you're in charge of that, holy! I cow. do it all on my own. <laughs> Hotels.com, <laughs> you know, rents on cars, flights, whatever. And the two key elements you need as a TM in your bag or in your back pocket is a, uh, a suitcase scale and a media pass. Nice, <laughs> because you want to know what's overweight, how can we shift the weight, and then you want to get a discount on the luggage. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of the media pass thing before. It, it, Hang that on there, and they kind of get away with weights and. Dims. It depends on the on. It really depends on who's standing behind the counter. I mean, you can look up to all the rules and all that, but it's it's always every time you give it to them, it's different. But you usually get something out of it. Makes me wonder. Uh, I wonder who actually likes doing both TM and front of house, or is 90% of the time it's only out of necessity to actually get the gig and potentially make a few more bucks. You know, uh, I, that's a good I, question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've already said you just like that, you know, and I, I assume you do it because it's more out of necessity than anything, right? I mean, 
but well, when I wanted to get into touring, coming from doing the you know outside festivals and, and doing some little SE work and and you know the house guy for freelance for a festival, when I wanted to get into touring, that was what came up is like this is the job you have to do TM in front of house, and that, for some reason those are the jobs I keep getting. I don't let me put I don't I don't want to say I, don't, I dislike the TM hat. I like the TM hat when I have people who are receptive to what I'm telling them. When I have people that are argumentative or, or an artist that's argumentative about what they think is going on, then why am I here? Yeah. Why did you hire me for this? So I don't want to do it. I honestly, for cannons, I really enjoy doing it because when I'm not doing it, like for Eve, I, I used to TM for them, but uh, I'm just doing front house for them now. Um, it's weird. I like, I'm almost bored. Like I'm doing front of house. What am I doing the rest of the day? <laughs> you know, you know, man, that's an interesting <laughs> one because I was actually just talking about this with Seb. We're out here in uh, San Diego this week uh, doing a show and Seb's our monitoring on this. And we were talking about when people are doing multiple roles. So your front of house and SCN tour manager or something. When you have a smaller act, that's like you said, you, you, you can still do that and have downtime. If as the act gets bigger, something starts to suffer and if you're sen front of house and it's a day where you have a bad pa and that takes more of your time than usual you're spending less time in your console or or if you have a tour management thing you have to resolve you're spending less time in front like the you can only slice the pie so much you know what i mean like it's yeah. it's it as the acts get bigger or or the gear gets more complicated or something like that um when you have something that requires attention, something else comes up short. And that's the point where you're like, do I really want to do all of these things, you know, or maybe we need to get a different person. Well, even with cannons, it's still, it's, it can get to that because even though they're, I mean, they're blowing up the, the six and a half week tour we did. I mean, they sold out every venue. They were uh, scalping their tickets for like four or 500 bucks because they know they're never going to, they're never going to see these people in a small venue again. Um, and so wearing the two hats is a lot for an up and coming band. Yeah. I mean, they got, they got decent like listens. I mean, they get, uh, 2 million monthly listens on Spotify. I mean, that's a lot fire wow. for you. has got 95 yeah, million listens on that. Yeah. That on, song on, went gold. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not, that's not small numbers there. <laughs> And I'm not I'm not used to dealing with that because, like I said, I usually work with the vets. When you're dealing with a band like this, now you're not just dealing with the band, but you're dealing with management. You're dealing with labels. Yeah. You're dealing with uh, the press, press radio. radio. It's a lot. How about and the social media? How about the social media aspect? The the TikTok uh, records and the you know and, and, and Instagram records and stuff. Or is, has there been any feedback of 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 that when they've been out there and or and what you're doing? Not really. I mean, uh, for well, her husband handles most of the social media, so I don't really see that much. Well, I mean, that, more of like from like like um, people in the audience, like posting things and and sharing videos and stuff. I mean, that's something we've talked a lot about. Of that's we live in an age where I mean, you're held to the standard of what somebody happens to record on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Yeah. I mean, so like, you mean with the band seeing that? Yeah. Yeah, um, they like everything they're seeing, so I good. can't argue. In fact, <laughs> that's a good place to be, man. <laughs> it is. It's really good. In fact, um, we were doing the virtual sound check one day, and the bass player is the one who basically 
so that it's it's a the three they're also again a three piece guitar player singer bass player um guitar player kind of comes up with the ideas for the song the singer works them over and then the bass player who's paul basically makes it a song he mixes it produces it the whole deal so we're out at a venue one day and i'm doing virtual playback before they come out for sound check just to get my bearings and he happens to walk out and i heard the best comment i could ever hear and he goes sounds just like the album i was like nice i'm there awesome (laughs) thanks thanks but yeah the, the social media stuff i mean it's it's a lot and it's it's been a lot of positive feedback so i i just i'm gonna leave it at that you know um, so i'm gonna i'm gonna skip ahead a little bit because i need to run and mix a show but before sure. before i bail if we're coming to visit you where are you taking us for lunch i need to know it's important for lunch um or dinner it doesn't matter or, or dinner yeah so your dinner your, dinner your food of choice whatever my food of choice or brunch or br- <laughs> my food of choice would be uh the town over there's this little sushi restaurant it's run by a husband and wife from mm. japan i've been going there for 25 years the rice alone is worth the trip wow where, and where are you based uh new jersey oh okay i'm in jackson Shit. new jersey We're neighbors yeah. man yeah hell or or i know you're on the taco kick around the corner from me is a taco truck that serves real tacos like just the meat Street onion tacos. cilantro yeah, yeah that's it yeah yeah <laughs> need to introduce that to st louis missouri they're still into uh uh old el paso style <laughs> <laughs> oh there's lettuce and cheese on it <laughs> i had i had i had uh, white american tacos tonight for dinner so anyway um so troy i'll ask sam's question since she uh, internet did not uh bode well for her and she's not currently with us um it, in this that makes it sound like she's dead, bro. She's fine. She's just <laughs> not here. <laughs> she's laying down. She's rusty. I don't she's blame fine. her. Um, no, so th- this will be an interesting one for you, given your time of entry. Um, what's something that you wish you knew that you uh, when you started that you know now? Networking. I think if I knew my idea uh, growing up, because I was driven by family, that is just you work hard. That's it. You work hard. And to me, working hard was what was going to get me everywhere. So I just put the blinders on and worked hard, and I didn't pay attention to the people around me. Mm. If I had to go back and do it again, I would be making more friends. Yeah, that's cool advice right there. I like that. Yeah. I, I got a question we can add to that. So it says in the brief Cliff Notes version of your resume that you sent that you were an auto mechanic before. What have you brought from being and doing that to the world that you live in now, if anything? Uh, I'll give you two things. So being an auto mechanic. in the bus when it breaks down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> so I was, a, I was a mainly an auto diesel mechanic. Um, one was, as a mechanic, if, if you think about it, a lot of how you diagnose what's wrong with a car mm. or truck diesel is has to do with sound what does it sound like and you can like i could pick out a lot of things by sound uh the second thing is yes we were on eve six tour the budget bus we happen to be having for that tour the driver mistakenly not mistakenly purposely filled his diesel tank with biodiesel and clogged every filter in the engine was trying to save money awesome yeah Yeah. to the didn't realize he needed other filters for it 
And one night could not get the bus started. This guy got it started <laughs> and got us on the way. <laughs> way to go. Nice. nice. See, you always bring something. See, that's the thing. I think that our job has so many things that we can grab from another tool set, whether it be customer relations or actual physical mental labor, like you said, with the bus and the way things sound. But it 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 all connects in some way, shape, or form. And I think no matter what job you work, it, it, you, you're going to bring something, a tool set from that to the world of audio and the world of entertainment production. And um, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. When I, when I saw that on your resume, that's very humbling because in my spare time, I would love to be able to work on my truck because it's a piece of shit. <laughs> and, and I can't because I don't have that tool set. So um, if you know anything about EcoBoost, uh f-150s you can come over and help me it's been let me put it this way i'm I'm a year older than you and i i left the mechanics in my mid-20s so it's been a while you know i still remember the the basics (laughs) tell me you own a classic car or something i do not i own a uh a harley road king which last winter i put a cam lifters and, and did up the engine a little bit because during the pandemic which I've never owned a motorcycle. I was rented. I owned in the beginning when I was a mechanic and then sold because I could never ride a damn thing working as an audio engineer. <laughs> um, and then during the pandemic bought one because I needed something to keep me going. My spirits. Lifted, yeah. You know, and I still have it. I, I think, I think that's another thing that brings us all together. Like we have, we have engineers that are pilots and we have engineers that, that do art and draw and we have engineers that ride motorcycles and do crazy things while we're not doing this thing. And I think that's another thing that connects us all is our, is our hobbies as well. Agreed. And I also, like you said, you know, you always bring something to the table. My theory is like, if you see somebody who's studied for something and is doing something totally different, I don't think there's any wasted education. I think in some ways everything relates. I love that. Yes. I agree. Well, Troy, if you could define your legacy or how you'd want to be known, how would you define that? Oh, Christ. Uh, He's not going to help you in this uh, <laughs> instant. Um, I have dedicated my life to my career. So if I re- what I really would want to be is known in my field, but I don't think that's going to happen. So all I would like to be known as... <laughs> Sorry. Is somebody who, to whip it who, out. who didn't information hoard, who shared my knowledge, was a decent person. Um, because I, I still think there are information hoarders out there. I honestly really do. There are. Yes, there are. I mean, the, the, so the singer in the can is this really soft, 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 soft whisperer singer. And I've got it pretty good together. But I've reached out to other people who have that same kind of singer to see what they're doing, just to see if it's something I haven't thought about, and I haven't gotten an answer, you know. So call, call Drew Thornton. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think they're still out there, but I, I don't, you know, I give that knowledge freely because, and Chris can attest to this. Like, you know, I work a mega church gig in Philly, and my mix is on that board even when I go out on tour and I send out the people in there. It doesn't sound the same, you know? So even though you tell everybody everything you know, it doesn't mean they're stealing what you have in your head. 
I, fil- I filled in one time. I wasn't called back. No, I'm just kidding. I just wasn't available. <laughs> I did call you back. You refused. I know. I know. <laughs> no, I just wasn't available. I didn't refuse. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I got to go mix. Troy, thank you, man. It was awesome. really a pleasure Have a good to show. Glad we got you on the show.